Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. All right, good morning, Radiant Church. It's great to see all of you. If you love Jesus, say, I do. I'm so pumped that you're here. Thanks so much for coming. Let's give it up for Josh Hubbard. What a great young man. He did a great job. So great. Um, It's great to see you. Thank you so much for coming today. We've been praying for you and uh, so excited about what God is doing here. We are in our series called Hashtag Goals, where we're talking about relationships. And so we're going to continue that today. Uh, We talked a little bit about friendships on the day that we launched small groups. And so you heard Joshua talk about that a little bit, um, because it's one of the things we're extremely committed to as a church is your friendship group, your relationships, helping you develop great quality, Jesus-centered friendships that push you forward. And uh, then we talked about marriage, uh, which was fun. And we talked about serving uh, your spouse. And so um, that was good and fun. And then today we're going to talk about family. And so um, whether you are a grandparent, a parent, or a kid, uh, I think that uh, you can apply some of these ideas. So if you have your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. And God, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us, Lord, to follow you in 2019 with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We pray that we would love you. We pray that you would help us in our relationships. God, that we would be people that look like Jesus right here and now, that we would be so transformed by God, Lord, that we would be your light. We pray that you would help us. And I lift up uh, each, each group. I lift up those who are grandparents and have uh, adult children. And I pray, Lord, that today we would be able to apply those ideas. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for those who are uh, parents with, with teenage children. Oh, God, help us. And and Lord, I pray for those with small children. Jesus, give them supernatural energy. And Lord, we pray for our kids. We pray that they would honor and obey. God, we pray that Radiant Church would be marked by healthy families. We love you and we honor you. And all of Radiant said, amen. 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 Uh, well, I'm going to tell you this story because I want to use some of our own stories today uh, just in talking about parenting because it's all I know and talking about family. But I thought I'd start off with sometimes I missed it just so that you know that I don't think I'm that great. Uh, when uh, Dawson was uh, just under one, he hadn't turned one yet. And um, I grew up in a family where I do not know why we liked Coca-Cola so much, but we did. And uh, I think it was kind of like escaping. We'd always escape to Sonic, get a Coke. Um, When I was a teenager, all three of the triplets developed an addiction. And my younger brother, Dan, to Coke. It's kind of sad. And... um, and I got a laugh from my sister on the second row because she knows it's true. Y'all don't even think it's funny, but she's like, that's true. And, uh, and so anyway, um, when I married Renata, Renata couldn't believe how much I liked Coke and I, I needed to get rid of it, but I liked it. And then we had a son. And when he was about uh, 10, 11 months old, I don't remember exactly, but he knew two words. His first word, everybody, was what? What do you think it was? No, his first word was dada. And so, uh, yes, it was, bless the Lord. And so um, I still take pride in that, always will. And then his second word was mama. (laughs) And so second word was mama. Um, But we were sitting there. I was drinking a Coke. He's an infant. And he kept reaching for my Coke. And I'd say no. And he'd reach for it. And I'd say no. And he'd reach for it. And Renata was sitting there as well. And I said to my little infant son, 
just kind of playing around. I said, if you can say Coke, I'll let you have a sip. And he looked at me as articulate as you can fathom. And he said, Coke. (laughs) Third word. So I looked at Renata and I said, what do I do? Because isn't that what parenting is? What do I do? Over and over and over again. Such a quandary. And she said, you can't give him Coke. And I said, but I just told him I would. And she said, well, you can't lie to him. I said, I know. And so mm, I gave my infant son some Coke, everybody. And he's been addicted ever since. And it's terrible parenting, I know, but I made a deal with an infant and I didn't know which one to choose. And um, <laughs> and I feel like a lot of our lives with parenting is constantly hitting these quandaries, hitting these scenarios. I mean, I was even just reading the parable of, uh, in Luke 15 about the prodigal son. And I was just thinking even about the, I mean, Jesus is telling the story to make the point about how great the father's love is. But I was thinking about even just the quandary of coming to the father and saying, give me what's due me, give me my inheritance. I mean, I just think over and over again, that's the story of parenting. And so we parents, whenever someone tells us a philosophy, writes another book, there's a part of you that's a little bit bugged, like you're kind and you smile, but it feels like the pain of parenting is so grandiose or the challenge of your situation is so subjective that when somebody gives you a philosophy, there can be a little bit of slow down, buddy. You don't know my family. You don't know my kids. And so I don't want to give a philosophy today because I think we constantly are in a challenge. I think each parenting scenario is so different. We talked about that in marriage, how each person's unique. So each marriage is unique. Well, each family is unique. But when we look at, I think when we look in Deuteronomy, we can read some some core values, a way to think. And it might not be how to apply every detail or how to make it fit in a rhythm in your family, but some principles and some ideas that'll help us. And so if you have Deuteronomy chapter six, fifth book of the Bible, and this is called the Shema. And we know this because this is what Jesus quotes in Matthew twenty two thirty seven. And so we know Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's quoting Deuteronomy. And in, the De- in Deuteronomy, he starts talking about parenting. He starts talking about family a little bit. And so I want to highlight that today. Deuteronomy chapter six, here it is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse five, love the Lord your God with all. Everybody say all. all. With all your heart. That was weak. Say all. Yeah, it's so much better. With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. That's a big point, are to be on your hearts. The commandments are to be on your hearts. And then here's some verbs. He says, impress them on your children. Impress them. I like the way the New Living says, repeat it over and over. Like think in your brain, what do you think of of impress? like repeat it over and over, impress them on your children. And then I see these next few verbs as kind of a way of doing that. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So here's this first idea. Let's just take this phrase by phrase. This first one is these commandments that I give you are to be on your hearts. This idea is that it's in you. You want to get this. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love the Lord your, and you want it to be on your heart. So big idea. It's not merely external, it's internal. It's not just living what you have to, it's, it's the what you want to. And it's impressing it on our kids. And I think as parents, a lot of times, we will teach what we know, but our kids are transformed by who we are. Like we, produce, we reproduce who we are. So you'll teach ideas, but what they can see in you comes out of the heart. And so what's in the heart, what's inside of you does come out. What's inside of you is it? To what degree is it? Can it be transformed into? Can inside your heart, therefore then overflowing into their heart be Love the Lord your God with all your heart, like wholehearted love, that love for God, that's what we're going for. That's the big win. I was reading this week about a small group. It's four men uh, sitting at a table discussing uh, Bible translations. And one of them said, I like the King James Version because I like the Old English. And then another one said, well, I like the New American Standard because of its use of the original languages and I like being exact. And then another one said, hey, man, I just like the living Bible because <laughs> it helps me understand it. It's easy language, opposite of the hard British language of the King James. And then a fourth guy said, my favorite, trans- my favorite Bible is my dad's Bible because he lived it out. And right there you hear in, hey, it's not necessarily the old English. Or, Here's what mattered to me. Here's the formation for me. It was, it was what I saw. It's what, it's what was embodied. And so this idea right here, this first one is it's embodying it. It's on your heart or it's, it's in your heart. It's what's inside of you. That's what spills out. So as mom and dad, our number one goal before even the systems, the plans, what we might read about, some authors say do this, some Christian authors say do that. The big win, everybody, is not, oh, living on pins and needles to make sure I get the right philosophy and rhythms. And I, it's this, what's inside of you? Is this inside of you? I love God with all my heart and I got it on my heart and I'm gonna get it on theirs. And so I just want to say, kind of big principle, that's the big win, is that what spills out of you is this love for God. And when I was reading that story about the small group, I was thinking about my dad, because uh, my dad lived this. You guys hear me tell stories about my dad all the time, Um, and but my dad's Bible... Uh, was 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 pretty spectacular. My dad, uh, when he preached, he he, uh, he put his finger in his Bible just like that, and so he didn't use a pulpit. He thought pulpits was for subpar preachers, which is why I don't like it when he's here. But um, just kidding. <laughs> and so uh, he wouldn't use a pulpit because he just wanted to be right here with people. But he kept his finger in there, and so his Bible, his finger, he would get finger sweat on his. That's kind of gross, but. Uh, on his Bible. And so it would, it like literally when you would open up my dad's Bible, it was just brown and yellow. And it had, it was stained with sweat and tears and snot. And I was thinking about, because I read that story. So I thought, what was my dad's Bible? Like, I was like, my dad's Bible. I don't even, I don't even know the translation, but I know, I know it was stained by, I mean, marked up sweat tears, snot. And I just thought that's a legacy. Like imagine the legacy if, 
if what our kids see in us is maybe methodologies change a little bit and when they're a little bit younger, you do one thing and then you read another book and you change it up. It's not about those philosophies, but out of the overflow, they see in you. It's, it's in you. That's, that's the vision. That's the idea here in Deuteronomy 6 where it's, man, that it's on your heart, that loving God is, it's in you. And whatever they see in you, whatever is, whatever is caught, maybe not taught, but caught, that's, 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 that's what is impressive, being impressed upon them. And so it doesn't matter. I, I think parenting is one of the, and, and having a family, you know, and imp- impacting your kids, one of the big honors. Sometimes when it's so challenging, it's so hard, it's easy to use because it's so challenging, all the excuses to not work on it. But hey, everybody, here's the reality. Parenting is work. Can I get an amen, right? Parenting boils down to a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I was reading about Susanna Wesley this week, who was um, John Wesley's mom. And she had, actually different places say different things. I read one place where it said 17 kids, another place that said 19 kids, but no matter what, she had a lot of kids. And, um, and, and so you're like, you think you have a lot. That's how many she had. And, um, and, but, but here was, here's what I love. When she wanted to have her time to pray, she lived in a small house with either 17 or 19, depending on the historian. Uh, kids, she would just take a blanket and sit in a rocking chair and throw the blanket over her head and pray. <laughs> and I just thought, that's a legacy, right? Like whatever it takes, you know, and... And I, and I think the big win for us is, is just kind of going, all right, God, what does it look like for me? I want out of the overflow of my heart, I'm going to mess up. There's only one perfect parent, everybody. <laughs> it's not you, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the heavenly father, right? And so we're gonna mess up. We're gonna fail. We're gonna fall short. But the touchdown, the big win is that we come back to what the center is. We are resolved, determined. I'm going to love God with all my heart. And what we pray and hope is that what bleeds over, what spills over, what they see in us is that that's real. And that's what's going on. That's what's burning on the inside. I remember as a junior high student, um, having some, some buddies in the neighborhood and going over to their houses and one of my friends, uh, his dad had played in the NFL and he's, you know, massive guy. And we, when we went over to his house, uh, I enjoyed it because their things were really nice and um, it was fun to kind of be over there. Um, but when you were with his dad, just without even knowing his history, without knowing the details of his life, the big love that kind of came out when you were at his house was his big love for football. Like you just, you felt it. You could, it was, you could see some trophies. You see some pictures. You just, it was the, that was the talk. The talk was about whether it was junior high football, high school football, college football, or the NFL. And he had obviously been a star and that was the, the big love. And then I remember going out to another buddy in my house or buddy's house in my neighborhood. And when you go to his house, it was really cool because his dad really loved his son. Like you could just feel it. There was pictures of my friend his boy, in the house and you could feel just the big love of that father was his boy, which was really, really cool. But I remember even as a junior high student, knowing, feeling, 
when you get around the, the big love of my father, he did love me and he actually was a coach and he did enjoy sports, but the surpassing passion of his heart was God. And I know that for my siblings and as we looked at my parents, there was not, not perfection, far from it. They, they, they got some mess ups. I'm not gonna say those because they listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, but they got some mess ups, but my parents had this big touchdown, this big win that they just, they do love God with all their heart. And a part of what for us may have never even taught, been taught some specifics, but that central passion was caught. And so my dream for us is at Radiant Church for us to begin to ask God, Lord, the number one way that my kids are going to see the love of God is that I would live with big love for God. And so Holy Spirit, pour out the love of God into my heart. Let me possess big love for God. And when you have that in your heart and that's central and that's real, it's not a breakdown if you miss a game. It's not a breakdown if you give an infant Coca-Cola. It's if when you have some mess ups, because the big one, according to the scriptures, the big one, man, it's in you. It's, 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 it's in you. And, and the big goal is you're getting it in them. So the second idea is, is, is impress it on your children. This word impress. And I like impress. I like, I like the new living where the translation there is repeat over and over. And really this text is saying that repeat over and over. It's this idea of articulating this is who we are. We're about God. We're, we, we love God. That's, that's, that's the central theme of who we are as a family. And so sometimes in my view, it's easy in our culture where there is so much financial abundance to make the family about the children. And that's an overcorrection. There's one thing where it's neglect, but it's also an error to make it all about them. And they become a little bit like idols. Because your family, actually, the point of your family is not them. The point of your family is God. And so the center of the target is not just to make it about them. It's about your school and it's about your education and it's about you never eating gluten and it's about you, you know, whatever the thing is. And all those things are good. I mean, I'm all for the right school and I'm all for the right sport and I'm all for the right college one day and the right clothes and, you know, all that kind of stuff is fine. But one of the, one of the best things that we can do as parents is to make this all about God. And then the rhythms that we repeat point back to God. Does that make sense? So your, your weekly rhythm or your daily rhythm or your monthly rhythm of how we live points to God because you don't want to point to them and make, make the kids feel like they're the God because they ain't, right? You don't want it. They don't want it, right? And God doesn't want it, right? It's about God. And so the rhythms that you create, which is right here in this Shema in Deuteronomy 6, in this, and so you want to create the rhythms that point them back to God. And I think the temptation is, if I'm going to focus on my family, if I'm going to, if I'm going to uh, work on the family to make it about them, the best thing we can do is in my big love for God, I'm pulling them into that big love. 
and we're making it about God. We're bringing them with us. So there's, I'll tell you this, just vulnerably with, with my family. Um, I remember the, the, the big question, the moment, God, what is wisdom when, when we were moving here and there was just the tearing kids away from what they'd known, their house, their, their, their whole school structure, their friends, just everything that they had. And the, the potential thought process of, is this going to hurt them? Is, okay, yeah, mom and dad moved us in these years and then our life fell apart. And now that's the reason why we, you know, have issues and why we're, you know, cheer for the wrong team and whatever the issues became, you know, like, but, but whatever the problems were. And, and honestly, vulnerably, the opposite happened. Like in planting this church together, being obedient to God together and serving with a purpose on mission together, nothing in my 14 years of being a dad has united our family more. There was something about having this, no, our, our life's about God. And if God calls us to go, we go. And, and this is gonna throw some things off. It is gonna be a fresh start, new start, different lifestyle. It is gonna be a different region of the country. We are gonna go. But what happened was, is it made a statement. It's about God. It's, it's, it's not about you. Our family revolves around God and that's the center of the target. I love the way that uh, Spencer and Amy Wicks started a small group with their kids focused on helping the ministry that God called Spencer and Amy to do. So they did do this small group and it's a financial peace university small group with the vision of helping people get out of debt, right? But then they have, most of, most of them are like younger couples, all right? And so they have their older kids watch babysit the babies, the little kids, while mom and dad lead the small group perfect picture. This is a rhythm of what our family's about. This is a rhythm. This is, we, yep, on Sundays we worship and on Thursday nights we, we're, we're helping people know God, walk with God, get out of debt. And, and this is a part of what our family's about. It's a rhythm that's right. And so it's one that as you form kind of how you want your family to look, what does it look like for your family to be on mission? What does it look like for your family to wrap the rhythms around God where it's not just about us, it's about this love for God flows into something that we do for others. What's the rhythm? I mean, for Renata and I, it's something that we desperately want for our kids. And so I always joke around about how I was like a lifetime youth pastor and spent two decades leading young people. And when our kids were really little, um, I was one of those youth pastors that gave free candy at youth group. And so, um, yeah, it works. And so... Uh, there were, we had people at the doors that gave candy when you came to the youth group, right? And I actually had plenty of candy givers. I didn't need any more candy givers, but we put our little kids at ages, you know, three and five passing out candy, right? So they'll, here you go, here you go, here you go to the teenagers because, hey, this is what our family's about. We're reaching teenagers in Colorado Springs. And so this is who we are. This is what we do. Here's my idea. It's this, it's we're impressing and we're creating for our kids these rhythms and the repeating over and over again. You could go down lots of different ways that you do that, but I want you to invite you to be intentional about what does it look like for you as a family with your kids? How can we do this right? How can we, how can we make our family revolve around, the, impress it on them, repeat it over and over again in how we live love for God? Here's the next phrase. 
Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. This verse screams intentional plan, right? This just have an intentional plan about talking to God, right? And it, how, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about God, when, where. I see a few ideas here, just kind of simplistic way to summarize it. I think you could say, all right, talk about them when you sit at home. What do you, how do you sit at home? Well, for us, when we sit at home, it's mealtime, right? And so I think even a vision in your home about maybe, maybe it's your, your specific uh, dinner time, maybe it's a lunchtime, maybe it's a breakfast time, maybe it's a, a meeting at night, but a time where you sit, where you, where you, where you, where you have conversation. And one of the things I like about this is it's this idea of talk. And I just want to point that out. It's conversation, it's relationship. Talk, 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 talk. One of the best things you can do is just develop that relationship where you're talking about, out of the overflow, talking about what matters most. You're talking about love for God and develop conversation. So conversation, at, first of all, to have dinner, and I would say, or lunch, if you could, if you say, okay, right now our life is insanity and uh, we can do one meal a month, all right? And then maybe, okay, at least have a goal. We'll go, we got one meal a month, but then we're gonna take it to two a month and then three a month and then four a month and then, and then we're gonna do two a week and then bump it to three a week. And, and I'm, not trying to cre- I'm, not, I'm not trying to create a, a certain number, but I am trying to get in your head, like how do I sit with my children and talk about love for God? What does it look like? I think one of the most natural times is just conversations around the table so that you're, you're, you're not necessarily orchestrating some kind of like strong um, five-point sermon at the table, <laughs> but you're asking questions that you, you've got an agenda where you're gonna, you're gonna push them back to, let's talk God talk. What we talk around here is we talk God talk. And so... So it is questions where it's saying, what do you think, what, what, where's God at work there? Or, and, and here's what we'll have. We'll have kids that look at us and you kind of get a little bit of that. Oh yeah, here's what I always want to talk about. God, perfect. That's fine. Yeah, but I don't want them to get a bad view of God. No, 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 Listen, if you'll talk about God, talk about, and you want to talk well, it's not fake, it's real. In these foundational years, you are making these deposits about values. And so let's talk about it. Let's talk about, let's talk about junior high. Let's talk about what God's doing here. Let's talk about, and, 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 and let's talk about how that we as a family, we're committed to loving God. And, and so have that conversation. I see it when you sit at the home. I think that could be mealtime. That could be some other way. You know, that could be on the couch, on the recliners. I don't know. Some of that would be for our family extra, um, but we tend to always eat. It's just a habit. And so and then when he says, walk along the road, well, obviously, and this, we don't walk along the road very much. We might walk along bike paths. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it, but, but, but in this time, they would walk along the road. Most of us, it would be travel time would look like a car, a vehicle. I want to invite you to think about with kids, conversation, Temptation is screens, right? That's the number one. Like, let's all, let's just, just, if we can get that colored triangle in their face, they'll be quiet, okay? But I want to invite you to think about, maybe go, I got a goal here, and that's to talk along the road about what I'm trying to impress on their heart, which is love for God. And so maybe you do think about screen time, ending. Oh, David, you're a legalistic man. Hold on a second. 
It, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just inviting you to think through what God's called you to do. That's, that's all I want you to do is I want you to pray and ask God, what are you asking me to do? What are you inviting? How could I be intentional? What I read here in Deuteronomy 6 is this kind of intentional helping them grow in love for God. And so thinking about maybe adjusting that. And I was thinking about this this week and I thought about the idea of Jesus um, having his disciples. And there, we know Jesus, we have record of you know, Jesus sitting and having a meal with his disciples and Jesus teaching his disciples as they walk on the road, like Luke 24, road to Emmaus, where he teaches them and then boom, did not our hearts burn within us. And I was thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about, because Jesus didn't have kids, but he had disciples, which are similar. And so, because uh, they're always fighting. But look at this, here's the crazy part. It's, there's actually the story in Mark where it says that as they're walking along the road, they start to, the disciples start, let me just read it. They start to fight. Let me just read it because I think it's hilarious because I think we would say, I'm not going to turn off the screens because I don't want my kids to fight. But I think it's funny that Jesus actually had disciples that fought along the road and he uses a teaching point. That's where I'm going. So let me prove it to you. Let me, let me read this. And you might not think this is funny or cool or interesting, but I did. All right. Mark 9, 33. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? That is a parenting question. Right? What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. That's a kid problem. <laughs> Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Here's my point. I think if you turn the screens off, your kids will fight more. There it is. All right. You all already knew that. Day over. See you later. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's fun that Jesus used moments even when fishermen fought about who would be the greatest to bring back a teaching point about being a servant. And I think that there's definitely, it's more challenging to, to, to work on ways where there's conversation and conflict and working through things. But the win is you're always able to dig into their hearts and point them back to God. And if you just put the screen in there in front of your face, it's a temporary win, but it's a long-term loss. All right. And so anyway, now I hope you come back next week. Some of you are like, oh, I knew this guy's nuts. I'm out of here. I want to invite you to take this travel time as strategically as you can. Like just work on it being strategic. I, and you're going to be embarrassed when I do this. I'm sorry, Deborah. This, this, but my family, like we, we sang songs when I was growing up and it was songs pointing back to God. Right, so our part, of, part of even my family, our travel time is I, we, like we we get here. We when we when we drive here in the morning, it's dark, and so we arrive here at six twenty-five with my kids. But we're singing worship songs on the way here. Why? Because we want to point it back to God. And you go, yeah. and if I don't have an intentional plan, you know what we'll do? Nothing, or we'll turn on the radio, or someone will stare at a screen. So it's how can we be intentional? So when my kids were little, I mean, we just started writing songs right? Like, I'm going to sing this to you, and this, this will go down as either a great moment or the worst moment in radiant history thus far. 
But Renata and I wrote this song where we're in the car and we just wrote, take me out with my family. Take, you know the tune. Take me out with my friends. We'll sing together and laugh and play. It's gonna be a super fun day cause it's Dawson Perkins, the leader. Olivia Faith, the princess. Adeline Grace is a movie star. Justice is laughing in the back of the car and it's mommy passing out Chick-fil-A. Daddy screams hip hooray. Let's all start by praising King Jesus for giving us this day. Hooray! All right, so there you go. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's a lot of claps, but there are some people that are like, this is the strangest preacher I've ever heard in my life. Hey, Martha, where do you want to go next week? Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to say be intentional in the, in the travel time. And then last time I would say it's, it's this going to sleep time. It's this bedtime. It's our, it, I, it, for us, this has been a time where our kids open up, right? Because if you let them talk, they don't want to go to bed. <laughs> and so if the only thing they can do is talk to mom and dad, they'll just be like, tell you everything, Right. And so taking some time to have conversation before bed, is it hard? Yeah. Is it long? Yeah. Or do you want to like either go to sleep or watch Netflix or just, yeah. But you know what, everybody, I've, uh, here's the one thing I've learned. Parenting's really hard. Parenting is a lot of work. And so I think, man, when we've got these days, for those of you that are parents, investing well and saying, we're going we're gonna to give it our, our best shot. This last one, let me just read it. It says this, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Here's what this is. This is reminders. This is who we are, right? This is like, we are gonna be people that love the Lord. We're gonna write it on the gates. We're gonna write it on the doorways. This is gonna be, we're gonna put it on, we're gonna tie it on our hands. We're gonna tie it, bind it to our foreheads. It's that idea of this is us. That's a phrase. That's a, that's a, that's a cultural phrase right there. I just accidentally made a cultural, this is, oh, and that's about a family. This is us. <laughs> Come on, that's, that's incredible right there. All right. So I'm just saying, make that your, make, write it, spray it, say it, love, get it on you. I mean, for, for us as a family, what, I mean, one of the things we, I'll never forget the moment where Renata, Renata's real big on this and, and it's, I mean, we kind of stumbled on both because I know it's really big on the, um, uh, what's her name? Chip and, Chip and Di Diana? Chip and Joanna. Yeah, yeah. It's really big on that, whatever that is, um, where you put up like signs in your house, right? Like that say things, right? Like words, like that's cool at the mall. I'm hoping, I've, anyway, but anyway, for, but I don't know, maybe it's not. Um, but I'll never forget when Renata and I, we had four kids and when we, we felt like we were entering the season where everything shifted, where it was like we had, we had them at home and then suddenly it was like all of our friends, kids, everybody was doing sports and school and like it, we felt like our life was getting into this rat race. I mean, it was just, it was intense because we had church and ministry, all the sports, all the hobbies, all the school pieces, all those things. And I'll never forget having this conversation where Renata was like, I don't want to live at this pace. I, I, we, and so she just, she went out and she just bought this. Uh, uh, sign. I'll say sign. Okay, thanks. It's, just, it's like a big sign. And she just, she just put it up right on the mantle. It's back when we lived in Colorado. It's still in our house. 
And it just, it was just a sign that just said, be still and know that I am God. And she just said, we're gonna, we're gonna build around our kids getting time alone with God each day. And you know what? We're not gonna live at this pace. We're gonna have to say no. Dawson might not get as many sports as some other kids, or, but, but we're, not gonna, we're, we're not gonna live at an insane pace. We want God to be the center. Boom. Be still and know that I'm God. And it was just a way of just marking us. This is who we are. And so I wanna just invite you, man, put up the signs, work on the meal time, travel time, car time, bedtime, work it in you, that it flows out of you. Impress it, put on your kids, repeat it over and over again. Hey, culture's about all these other things, but as for me and my house, here's what we're about. We're gonna love God. All right, let's, let's close our eyes. Let's pray together. Father, I just lift up every family here today. And I just wanna invite you, whether you are a young adult with a plan to be married one day with kids, if you're married, no kids, if you have small children, teenage children, adult children, grandchildren, even all the kids, would you just make this prayer to God? God, we want love for God to be the center of our house. Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, I ask that this church would be a place where we got families that in the midst of a chaos culture, love God with all their heart. Pray that wholehearted love for God would exist in fathers and mothers and children. Be at work in Jesus' name. If you're here today, maybe you come from a place where maybe you came from a family that is hard and broken. And maybe you're far from God today. Maybe even talking about this is hard. I want you to know you have a perfect father in heaven. And if you've even been far from God, I want you to know that today you can, you can come to God and because of who Jesus is, what Jesus did on the cross, you can enter into a relationship with God and that relationship will last forever. And the good news about Jesus who he is, it's transformed our lives. Maybe today you're in a place where you go, I, I want a perfect father. And I want to be a part of that family. I want to invite you just to pray this prayer and begin your journey with Jesus. Begin your journey as a part of the family of God. Just wherever you're at, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. change me, do a fresh work inside of me. I don't want to go my way. I go yours. I want to live with you forever. Give me a fresh start. I want to walk in relationship with God. In Jesus' name.